Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by SATC Solution Center L3C. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm Nathan Loverich, a legal assistant with SATC and one of the hosts of the podcast, and I'm here joined by Ted Joseph, the CFO and CEO of Swapo-Rama, and his son Justin Joseph, its Vice President of Operations. Also with us is Bob Tupper, one of the principals here at SATC. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Nathan. Well, I'm really interested in chatting about Swapo-Rama and its area markets, but first I'd like to start with a little background about both of you. So, Ted, if you can start and just share with us about your background and what brought you here to Chicago. Sure. Um, I was born and raised uh, in Chicago, and uh, it's my hometown, and I plan on it to uh, remain my hometown. Um, I started in public accounting. That, that's where my career started when I got out of the Navy in 1971. And... Uh, was with a firm for a while, uh, became a partner at that firm, and then in 1987 decided to start my own firm with a couple associates, and uh, that firm grew to approximately 85 to 90 people, and I retired from that firm in January 2nd of 2016, thinking uh, my career as an accountant uh, was over. However, an opportunity developed in the fall of 2016 and uh, through an associate was asked to uh, uh, join him in running a company. Uh, and of course, being an accountant for 40 plus years, 45 years, you see a number of opportunities and businesses and relationships and so forth. So uh, I thought it might be an exciting time to kind of take a look at this opportunity and uh, in the fall of 16, I accepted the position of COO and CFO of uh, Swaparama Inc., which is in the business of uh, owning and operating flea markets. And yes, you heard that correct, a <laughs> flea market. Uh, a very unique business, uh, one that I really uh, had no experience in, in servicing or representing in my career but a fascinating, fascinating business. Uh, these are large flea markets that are both indoor and outdoor uh, that are year-round. Uh, three are in Illinois in the Chicago area and two are in central Florida. Uh, and uh, uh, enjoying it, you know, and I have the special opportunity of working with uh, uh, one of my sons who accepted a position uh, Probably around Christmas of 16, uh, he made a decision to leave his career, which was in, in sales, and join the Swaparama team. Quite honestly, I probably would not have stayed in that position if he did not accept the position he currently has. So it, it's great working with your son, and, and we really haven't had any major disagreements yet. And seeing businesses over the years uh, I've, I've experienced, you know, fathers, sons, fathers, daughters, spouses, uh, all kinds of family situations and businesses, some good, some bad, 
so I think I've learned, uh, you know, the, the areas to, uh, to, to work on should I sense a problem developing. But so far we've, we've worked uh, very, very well together, at least from where I sit. I'm sure Justin may have uh, other comments about it, but uh, it's been a very rewarding experience to work with my son. And uh, we're having a great time. We hope to grow the business. We hope to expand it. Uh, the two Florida markets were purchased in November of 17 after we did significant due diligence. And we plan on uh, expanding our footprint uh, uh, with more flea markets. Well, we want to thank you first for your service, sure. um, mm -hmm. your, your naval service. Can you tell me a little bit about what was it like to come out and to just join us here and we all have jobs and go to work. And yeah, that, that's a great question, Nathan. Uh, well, remember, I'm, I'm kind of old. So uh, uh, going into the military was, was really at the peak of the Vietnam era. And it was a very uh, unusual time in our country's history. It was not a very popular war. Actually, it was never officially declared a war. So. Um, I was just getting out of college. The draft was in full swing. At that time, you had a lottery number, and based on your lottery number would dictate if you were drafted into the Army. Uh, I had a pretty low number, uh, meaning that I had a very strong possibility of being drafted after, after college. And I didn't really want to run the risk, quite honestly, of, of, of going into the Army and not having any control over uh, my career in the military. So I enlisted in the Navy uh, my second semester of my senior year, and they allowed me to finish uh, my undergraduate work before I went on active duty. So that worked very well. I served 33 months of active duty in the United States Navy. In retrospect, I'm very proud of it, but going through it was challenging, I, you know, to be honest. It was a, it was a very tumultuous time in the country. As I said before, not a very popular uh, conflict. So it, it was a challenging time for me personally. I did have the good fortune, however, of uh, having an admiral uh, trip over my vacuum cord hose while I was vacuuming a hallway. And uh, as I helped the admiral up, I thought I was headed to the brig. Uh, however, uh, we formed a very strong friendship from that uh, uh, event and he found out the admiral found out that I had a college degree and I was an accountant and etc cetera, etc cetera. he transferred me from the cleaning detail to become his assistant which was really unheard of certainly where I was stationed and for the last 24 months of my active duty I was the admiral's aide uh, doing his personal accounting his personal tax work, uh, it became a very, very unique experience. And we remained friends for a number of years uh, after I was discharged. And uh, again, it was, it was a very special, unique relationship. So some really unique experiences and jobs kind of bookending an accounting career that where you kind of helped grow one firm and then start your own. Correct, correct. So Justin, I assume you are also a Chicago guy, given your dad's roots here. In yes, I do, Nathan. Um, grew up in Chicago and went to college in Florida for hotel, restaurant, resort management. And 
had a great time in the beach and uh, <laughs> decided it was time to come home after five years there and got a, my first job out of school um, was with a publishing house uh, selling advertising and stayed there for about 10, 12 years and had a great time there learning how to be a salesperson, uh, running a team, business development, moved up into uh, different departments and and eventually this opportunity came up, uh, presented itself with my father and you know, molded over for a little bit and thought this was the best opportunity for the next chapter of my life. And not only to work with Ted, a uh, very intelligent man, <laughs> learn, learning a lot from him and have learned a lot, uh, learned a lot in the past about, you know, staying organized to building relationships to um, all sorts of great things. So took my skill set from my previous job and it's paying off now with, with running the operation. So it's, it's a very exciting, challenging, rewarding job. It's, it's great. I always enjoy talking to salespeople because they have this sort of energy and this sort of personality that leans itself towards that role. And so can you share with me from your experience what it was like being in sales and sort of what kind of personality you had to either have or develop doing that sort of job? Definitely. Like I mentioned, um, staying organized was, you know, number one for me, being personable, able to build relationships with with current clients and, you know, people that I was trying to do business uh, with. Um, you know, you just have to stay motivated and and uh, just know what you do today will pay off tomorrow. Keep grinding away and, and, it, and it usually does work. It pays off with what you what you do that, that current day. So, you know, and as Justin just alluded to or, or, or indicated about building relationships, what's a good fit with his previous career and the new position we find ourselves in is we have approximately 4,500 to 4,800 vendors that we rent space to on a weekly basis and those are like relationships mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, with many of these vendors. Uh, they've been vending for years and years so, so Justin has taken that skill set in his sales life and transferred it over to the flea market life uh, by, by having having the relationship with our vendors because the vendors are the lifeline to the flea market business without the vendors you don't get the visitors and without the visitors you don't get the vendors so yeah. so i just wanted to toss that in yeah and i'd like to talk about the market for a bit because um this isn't your father's flea market that we're talking about here it's not some operation that's kind of put together and thrown out there it's very well thought out, well operated company that has flea markets in multiple states. And so I kind of want to give our listeners a picture of what we're talking about here when we talk about a Swaporama flea market versus maybe what they're used to seeing. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, Nathan, we hear that a lot. You know, you work for a flea market. Mm -hmm. Well, we do, um, but. There's a lot of parts to the business, as Ted mentioned earlier, um, from, from basically 40, 30 to 40 plus acres of real estate um, with hundreds of vendors per location, thousands of visitors per location. You have thousands of people entering 
your your facility from various entrances, mm -hmm. indoor, outdoor. So it's 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 an amazing experience, um, you know. And then we have we have great you know services and, and products from our vendors that visitors can come and and take advantage of great deals. Um, and then we also have events at our locations, various times throughout the year, uh, depending on the season, from Easter to giveaways to live music at the various locations, car shows, just a lot of awesome things. And then we've spent the last two years being a part of the team here of capital improvements from paving to purchasing uh, new new flea markets, parking lots that we needed to to, to purchase in order to run the, 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 the markets, to updated signs with LED, um, to just facelifts of the front of the markets. That, it, yeah. Justin, I, I have to say something before you let Ted talk, because yeah. you and I spent uh, a good part of a day, you gave me a tour of one of the markets, and I was just amazed. I didn't know what to expect, and and it would be great if you talk about the vendor mix because what I saw, I didn't know what to anticipate. It's it's bright, it's clean, it's you can buy anything from electronics to top end food, produce, groceries, car parts, jewelry. It it just impressed me immensely and what really impressed me and I had absolutely no idea is you know every single vendor and I, I didn't understand until I spent time with you it's not just a matter of getting people in you're making sure that there's an appropriate vendor mix this is our complimentary which just blew me away so if you could tell our listeners a little bit you know if they come to for instance the Allsup market what kind of experience are they going to find um, what kind of products are they going to find and I was impressed to see it's just a lot of families with children there spending the day so if you talk about that a little bit if you wouldn't mind you know each of our five markets has kind of a different feel to it um, in regards to the visitors and vendors uh, for example Alsip. You know, we have, you know, mixed demographics. Um, you know, we have Hispanic, African-American, Caucasian. Um, and uh, so some of the vendors, you know, their products will vary. We have, we have a guy who does ice skating lessons for, for children. Uh, he wants to do some classes, some private lessons, to toys, uh, to we have barbers. We have jewelry. We have clothing. Uh, we have you know, a lot of awesome stuff, a lot of cell phone uh, vendors that deal with that type of stuff, and TVs, um, electronics, car parts, like Bob had mentioned. Um, and then you'll have the outdoors, which will vary a little a little more depending on, you know, what the vendor happens to get at garage sales or estate sales. So that'll vary, uh, you know, depending on what they bring. The inside vendors, more, you know, they have their same products usually, uh, each and every weekend. Um, the outside will vary. Some antiques and collectibles we'll get outside, a little more than inside. Um, you know, and then Melrose is similar. Uh, we have, you know, a lot of more of a religious feel to it, a lot of, uh, you know, food, um, toys, carpets. We have a great carpet vendor for rugs and stuff for the home. Ashland, you're going to get everything. You know, we have, so if we're full there, we'll have 1,400 vendors uh, 
you know, on a given day. So you'll get everything you need for your house, for uh, personal items, and, and then Florida locations, one of them in particular, Webster's, you'll get more of a antique feel and collectibles. We have a great following. We're one, one day a week there, uh, Mondays. So yeah, it's just a, a variety of, a variety of stuff. Thank you, Justin. Sure. So I think you know Justin's given you a, a pretty good vendor picture, and and again I think he alluded to a few minutes ago about the real estate at each, at each location. You know, uh, thirty to forty acres, twenty-five to thirty-five acres at each location thereabouts, and so we we uh, were constantly looking at other. Uh, uses of the real estate when the markets are not open. Uh, the markets are typically open Saturdays and Sundays and one day during the week. However, you know, we have the real estate seven days a week since we own it. So the last year or so, Justin and his uh, team have worked very hard to put together special events to make use of the real estate. For example, um, uh, in Webster, Florida, where we have a, a really beautiful market, uh, we have a first Sunday of the month motorcycle show where we will have uh, 1,000 to 1,500 motorcyclists show up, set their bikes up, uh, and then there's a swap meet, people setting up uh, uh, booths to sell motorcycle parts, auto parts, and we're selling other things there. We're selling beer, we're selling food. So um, we're trying to do that at all the markets, as Justin said. We have a circus at one market. We have a haunted house. Uh, try to take advantage of the different holidays during the year and again appeal to the demographics of, of our markets because each as Justin indicated each market has its own personality has its own demographic and we're trying to accommodate that and further for, for the real estate people out there um, who are dealing with shopping malls and trying to figure out new uses for shopping malls and, and shopping centers uh, you know, that's what we're doing too in our, with our flea markets. We're trying to uh, make other uses of it other than just being a flea market. Uh, the traditional view, I believe, of a flea market is, oh, you go there and you buy a piece of junk and you come home with a piece of junk. Uh, that, that's part of the allure, I suppose, but what we have found in the last year is that it, there's a shift. We see many more families coming in and we're trying to accommodate those families and uh, with arcade games and and again those special events um, you know we're dealing with putting in a beer garden at one of our markets now with big screen televisions and soccer games for other uses of, of the flea market uh, platform yeah and I think as I'm hearing you talk you know you talk a lot about the families and you talk a lot about being a part of the community and, and doing more in the community than just selling junk. And certainly that's what separates Swap apart from some other markets. But what has it been like for you to work with some of these communities and even maybe the, the local government systems to sort of say, hey, we want to be a part of this and we're not just what you thought before, but we want to be a part of something and we want to see how we can use our space to help the most amount of people. Bob's law firm, you know, SATC, you know, really got, got us started at one of our markets. Um, um, you know, Justin could, could really address it better than I can, but, but Bob's firm was instrumental 
in, in getting a, a, a variance and, and allow us to put up a huge LED sign along the tollway. Um, and, and because of that, and in part due to that, you know, Justin forged a fantastic relationship with with uh, with the town uh, trustees and 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 uh, representatives of this of this town, uh, and and made available our property for for different events. And Justin can can talk to that. But we've tried to do that at each of our communities. Our our Florida manager has uh, worked to forge a relationship with the local government in in Homosassa, which is in central Florida, and and again the sheriff's department along with the Shriners from the Tampa area, have uh, put on a huge motorcycle event uh, that was a fundraiser. So we're trying to, to be good citizens and, and be good neighbors to the communities we're in, uh, particularly uh, because some communities view a flea market as kind of a negative. They're concerned about the kind of people that might come, the kind of vendors we might have, and we're trying as hard as we can to to change that that view and I think and Justin can address it um, I think in the five markets uh, that, that we currently are in we, we we've been successful <clears throat> yeah we definitely you know take that very seriously Nathan the community and not only the the citizens of the area but also the, the you know the trustees and the mayor or the aldermans um, so uh, yeah we do our best to to give back to the community, free admission sometimes, or you know, if they ask us to participate in a donation or a food drive, we'll be, you know, we're usually willing to do that. Um, and then just spend time with the community and um, you know the local baseball teams and you know the, if they're having you know any type of outing, golf outing, we will we will participate just to you know spend time with them, some FaceTime and um, and. To show our support for them supporting us and you know fortunately Swaparama it's been a household name for 40 years uh, I, I had no idea how many people knew about our organization prior to coming here and and it's it's amazing that they, they know about us so we're just taking that to the next level um, and enhancing the experience for the visitors and vendors um, from the previous 40 years and and, and carry it, you know, carry it into the future. Yeah. So. Uh, also, you know, Justin's become very involved in uh, uh, the National Flea Market Association. Don't laugh when you hear that, but yes, there is a National Flea Market Association, which, uh, and we have a lobby, a, lo uh, a law firm on retainer in Washington lobbying for the flea market space. So uh, he's become a board member and, and really has a good pulse on what's happening around the country in the flea markets in the flea market industry and we think based on statistics and studies there are somewhere between 11 to 12,000 flea markets in the United States believe it or not um, most of them mom and pop kind of operations that have kind of many that have kind of mushroomed over the years from a little roadside operation to 50, 80 acres of RV parking, um, amusement rides, uh, food, drink, vendors. So uh, again, it's, 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 uh, if, if you're gonna operate at the level Swaparama is operating at, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big business. You know, you have, you have the maintenance of the buildings, you have the maintenance of the real estate, you have the food, the drink, the entertainment, the employees. The, uh, the cleanliness, uh, just, just many facets to it. 
So what you're doing for the community is more than just providing a clean, bright, safe place for people to have an alternative to buy goods that they need for their house, but you're also saying, hey, we're here, we're a part of what you're doing, and we want to be a part of the future of this community and in really greater Chicago in the three of your markets. Yeah, we have great relationships with all five towns or cities, you know, yeah. um, so it's, it's great. I want to talk for a minute about the relationship, the, the father-son sort of working relationship that the two of you have built, because it's obvious that you have a really good working relationship and I'm sure um, family relationships. So what are the benefits of having so much familiarity between the two of you? What benefit does that add to Swaporama? Obviously, I touched on that earlier. Um, I've heard for so many years, you know, my dad would come home from work and, you know, long days starting his business and, and I would go into the office. I, I interned there for a couple months and that was short-lived, um, <laughs> shredding paper. You and, a, um, you and accounting did not go well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, credits and debits were my thing. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've learned so much from Ted and, and uh, just not only from, you know, a personal life but also business. And, you know, we're still, we're still learning to, to work together. It's been a couple years and, you know, he's, he's – uh, he has great ideas, and he, he, he likes things executed in a timely manner. And, you know, I'm working on it. There's so much to do here, um, but there, it's no excuse. I mean, things need to get done. You know, we have 100-plus employees. We have upgrades to be made, growth for visitors and vendors. It's a 24-7 job, and I, I love that. Um, I have two kids, so that kind of eats up my time a little bit, but... <laughs> You know, I'm trying to manage that and and the job itself. He has great ideas, and uh, and some of the, the scope of some of his requests are pretty large. But you know, we try to keep a tight team uh, and not you know have too many employees because uh, then your payroll goes up. So we need to manage that and manage use our current employees. The, the right way with their time that we have them. And uh, that's that's what I'm working on currently. So overall, we're talking about the markets and what they do for the communities. We need to mention these communities that they're in. I know we've mentioned them kind of in pieces, but I want to just take a second to mention the five communities that there are markets in so that if people are interested, they can visit one of these and kind of see what you're doing in person and, and hopefully buy a few things. But Sure. We have a market in the city of Chicago on 42nd and Ashland. It's one of our larger markets. It's approximately 31 acres. Another Chicago land market is on, in Melrose Park on Lake and Mannheim, uh, not far from o the O'Hare Corridor. Um, and uh, the other Illinois market is in Elsip, Illinois, which you can see right off of 294. It's at Cicero and 120, 127th Street. Again, another large, large market. Uh, and uh, uh, those are our three Illinois markets. The two Florida markets, one is in Homosassa, which is in Citrus County. It's about 72 miles northwest of Tampa. And, the, and it's a beautiful market, by the way. The, the real estate in Florida is just, just beautiful. We have uh, uh, 
between the two Florida markets, 78 acres, and, and it's just uh, beautiful real estate, a lot of development going on uh, in that area, So, which, which I'll get to in a second. And the other market in Florida is in a little town called Webster, Florida, which is really the country, but not for much longer because of the uh, huge development that's uh, in that vicinity, particularly an area called the Villages, which is a uh, 55 and older community that now has over 500,000 55 and older people. So uh, we're about 45 minutes from Orlando. The flea market business, you need real estate to park cars uh, because without parking, you really don't have a flea market. So until the time comes where the land is, is more valuable than the operating company, uh, we keep it a flea market. But at that point in time, which may not be in my lifetime, it may be in Justin's perhaps, um, uh, the real estate may be significantly more valuable than keeping, uh, keeping it as an as a operating company. And, and we're experiencing that, quite honestly, in a couple of our markets now by, by developers, both on the commercial side and residential side. So uh, an interesting business when you own the real estate um, I kind of view it as the cherry on the Sunday, so to speak. That's kind of the overview. But just to touch on that real quick, also a big part of why I made the career change, not only to, to help grow the company, but it's giving a platform for entrepreneurs to provide for their families. You know, you see a family of, you know, you have the grandparents, you have their kids, and then you have the grandkids all working together running an operation where they can have anywhere from one booth to 15, uh, depending on which location. So they have really nice businesses. And um, so, and they probably have some employees too that they take care of. So it's just really nice to see that. Um, and, and then getting new vendors and seeing them grow from one booth to more than one. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoy that. That's a great, that's a great point. That's, so. a, that's a great point. And, and yeah, we do feel good about that. And, and seeing some of these vendors that have put their kids through college, uh, doing this as a second job perhaps, you know, working all week and then coming to the market on a weekend. And, you know, we've met many of their kids who've gone to college, the first generation going to college. And again, you know, Justin has, has extended what, what really the founder of the company had a vision of this is from what we hear, we really didn't know him. Uh, but he, he viewed these as, as all little businesses, felt very strongly about the opportunity to give these folks uh, uh, to sell, whether, it, whether it's socks or deodorant or used bike parts, what, whatever it may be, you know, he felt very strongly about provide additional income or be their main source of income so and you know Justin you gave me an opportunity to talk with one of the vendors that has been at your market for a very long time I won't name names um, who who had taken care of his whole family and as I recall he was selling foodstuffs uh, dry goods all kinds of snacks and things all top-of-the-line stuff he'd gotten so big that he he would look for these amazing deals he had his own warehouses and then he would offer the discounts to the clients at the market Gary incredible yeah and um, it feels great and and we have we have a really 
great team. Uh, you know, our managers, our general manager, to our managers, to our, you know, our, our, our other employees, they, they have a great system in place. You know, we make a couple tweaks here and there, uh, you know, the new school uh, mentality mixed in with the old school. Don't fix what's not broken, but take it to the next level. So we have a great team that, you know, that kind of inherited, they do a great job. So they're easy to work with and, and they're all, they're all on board to do new things and grow the company. I, I think our listeners would be amazed and it's worth a trip to the market. Uh, I did not know what to expect. You know, if you if you say flea market to me, I think a parking lot someplace with somebody selling things out of the trunk of their car. And it's it's total opposite. It's anything but. It's just buildings packed and and outside with amazing goods, with wonderful people. Um, you could spend an entire day walking around the market and still not see everything. Um, from you know really nice fresh produce to uh, food to people outside cooking barbecuing offering things to eat it was incredibly impressive you mentioned for a moment and I just want to kind of finish with with the future of swap but you mentioned about the changing climate of how people uh, in real estate are having to look a little further than just can we get a, a department store or a store that's just selling goods to people to come in and um, to, to be here. And so as we see with sort of the stores that aren't necessarily selling things but just pick up locations or uh, something like the work share companies um, to you know, we're seeing more of the, the immediate care, the prompt care places that are going into really prime locations. And so as we see the, chain, the change in the brick and mortar stores, what does that mean for the future of Swaparama and how is Swap really being a part of that change? And, and as you said, Justin, kind of taking that to the next level. That's a, that's a very good question and uh, uh, we've talked long and hard about that for many months so we we've come up with a few ideas and and kind of implemented several um, you know we thought why can't we try pop-up flea markets you know um, uh, there, and again it sounds easy I don't mean to make it sound like uh, you know opening a store selling Halloween uh, costumes for 90 days I mean you know a pop-up flea market takes planning time etc cetera, etc cetera which Justin and his team have been really successful in doing. We started a pop-up flea market last year. We're, we're doing it again this year. Uh, we had a, a pretty high level degree of success last year. Uh, and so we're trying it again this year. And if we're successful again, we may look to a more permanent type uh, situation in this geographic area. So. Uh, again, it, it's making use of the real estate in other ways. It, it's looking at pop-up opportunities, you know, we, we, uh, which we're doing. Um, and, and, and again, recognizing the, 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 the world as a whole in terms of uh, Amazon and in terms of online sales and in terms of dollar stores and, you know, uh, all the kind of all the factors that may affect your business, whether you're in the shopping mall business or the flea market business and kind of coming up with something 
to counter it. I've always viewed that there's opportunities when, when, when you may view as something, something as being negative, there's got to be some positives in there and some new creative ways to, and that's what Justin and his team work real hard on, on doing. Yeah, and, and you know, we're, we're kind of recession-proof to a certain degree, but when the economy tanks, we do better. There are a lot of complaints right now with online shopping and the returns and their policies, and and they're down, you know, 30% or something with the, the vendor was explaining to me. So, like Ted said, there's always an opportunity. We just have to be better. Can't take our foot off the gas, and uh, we'll be okay. So we know that uh, people can visit one of your three Illinois locations here in Chicago on Ashland, Melrose Park, and Allsip. You happen to be in Orlando and you want to take a day trip, maybe you can go out to one of the uh, Florida locations. Are there other ways that people can get in contact, uh, a website that they can check out um, your, your markets or kind of do some research and see if they want to take a trip out? Yeah, come to our website, swaparama.com. Uh, you'll find information, how to be a vendor, visitor, hours, locations, coupon, special, uh, event. special events. You can see what we've done in the past and what we're working on. Um, and then obviously come to Will County Fairgrounds six times this year, Sundays. Um, so you'll get all the information you need on our website, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we're everywhere. So. Just Google Great. us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ted, Justin, I want to thank you for joining us today, and to Bob as well. Uh, it's been great um, getting to catch up with you and to talk about not just the current but the future of Swaparama. And um, we appreciate you listening to another episode of our podcast, and we'll see you again next time. for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solution Center. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media with your comments and suggestions. You can email us at solutioncenter at satcltd.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shank Annis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.